Welcome to the Done Right Podcast. I'm Jordan Staples, and over the past decade and a half, I've been studying how people live successful and satisfying lives, both in and outside of work. And here's what I've learned. People in the workforce who are successful and satisfied are the ones that show up, pitch in, and make an impact in their companies. They are the ones who know how to get stuff done, but do it right. So our mission for this podcast is to deliver insight and inspiration to fuel the way you show up at work today. I'm here in Lehigh, Utah at Workfront Headquarters, and I'm grateful, so grateful you are here to join me for today's episode on Making Work Matter, Why Pride is the Secret to Motivating Others. I just told you the punchline of today's episode. Uh, but we're going to dig into why this is the case and certainly what you can do about it uh, as a leader. So let's go back to 2002 and talk about Google for a minute. Sergey Brin, Larry Page, founders at Google, were facing a critical decision. Do they keep their managers or flatten the organization? Now, why in the, worth, why in the world would they even be asking themselves this question? Well, based on what I was able to find out about this situation, the engineers were not having it with the managers at Google. They essentially were labeling them as bureaucratic meddlers. They were just getting in the way of them getting stuff done and doing their best work. So really, uh, to, I think, get rid of the complaining, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, decided to flatten the organization. So they did it. And guess what happened? It was an absolute disaster. Basically, what was happening is that all the PTO requests were certainly going into uh, Larry Page's inbox. And a lot of things that were challenges without, of not having managers uh, were, were surfaced, and they reinstituted managers just a, a few weeks later. But essentially, what Google did from this experience was that, or eventually, I should say, what they did was they kicked off a project called Project Oxygen, and they wanted to understand what made for good managers and what made for not so good managers, right? The ones that uh, were being complained about. And here's what they found. So this is just at Google. They did this research and this was um, actually, according to what I found, this was actually a few years after this. So I think it was in 2009, uh, but uh, I will I will share the, the articles that I uh, researched so that you guys can dig into it as well. But essentially, these eight consistent behavioral abilities emerged from their research of what makes for good managers at Google. So number one, they are good coaches. Number two, they don't micromanage. Number three, they care about team members. Number four, they are productive and results-oriented. Number five, they are good communicators. Number six, they help with career development. Number seven, they have a clear vision and strategy. Number eight is they have technical expertise. They have technical skills in their, in their field of work. Here's the question, though. Why? Why is it that these eight things are the abilities that really enable a manager, a leader, to effectively get the best out of his people or her people on the team and actually see your results, right? Actually see results that are impacting the organization in a, in a, in a positive way. Why is that the case? Well, they, they talk about this a little bit 
and they talk about a, a few things that I want to dig into with you because essentially when they're explaining why these things work, they are essentially explaining what motivates your people to do their best work. And these are eight tactics that are going to help tap into that motivation. And that, my friends, I think is the takeaway. If we were to go and, and, and tactically try and go and do all these things, we would all be better leaders for it. But what I want you to walk away with today is one simple understanding, and that is that your folks, your folks already are charged and full of motivation, of energy, of desire, of passion, whatever that term, that name is that you maybe think about when it comes to motivation and, and people being able to give their best work. They've already got it. Your job is to tap into it, right? And the way that you tap into it is to do one single thing, and that is to make work matter. That is exactly what those eight abilities are doing. Now, I'm going to connect to some great content, some other research, some great articles that are going to give you maybe some more uh, around this topic. But let me unpack this with you just for the next few minutes. So some of you have heard of this man by the name of Douglas McGregor. He was an MIT management professor back in the uh, 50s, 60s, and really advocated for this human relations approach to management. Right, He was very interested in what motivates people to work. So his ideas kind of gained momentum in the 60s, and, and this is actually something that you'll still hear in, in business schools today. But he has this uh, philosophy or this kind of this theory th that uh, there are theory X managers and theory Y managers. Because essentially what he believed and understood about people was that their beliefs, our beliefs as leaders about the people that we work with and the people that we lead, those beliefs drive our behavior. Right, So what you believe is going to drive what you do. And this makes sense. And, and actually, you will find a lot of organizations adopt that, uh, that model. But here's what he said. Is he kind of had this dichotomy of Theory X and Theory Y managers. And let me kind of give you a list of beliefs about that Theory X managers have about people and what motivates them to work, and then what Theory Y managers believe about people and what motivates them to work. So Theory X, see if you can relate to any of these. The average man, number one, the average man is by nature indolent. He works as little as possible, i.e. he's lazy. I'm using he's, but uh, certainly can apply to anyone. Number two, he or she lacks ambition, dislikes responsibility, prefers to be led. Three, he or she is inherently self-centered, indifferent to organizational needs. Four, he or she is by nature resistant to change. I think maybe you've heard that one before. And number five, uh, he or she is gullible, not very bright, the ready dupe of the charlatan and the demagogue. I love reading people who say really smart things with big words. Um and another kind of maybe way to capture this is um, an excerpt from his book where he says, without this active intervention by management, people would be passive, even resistant to organizational needs. They must therefore be persuaded, rewarded, punished, controlled. Uh, their activities must be directed. So 
I when I was first reading this, and, and maybe you guys can relate to this, maybe not. When I read through this, some of them I'm, I'm like, no way. Like I definitely don't have those beliefs, right? Like I don't think people are inherently lazy. Uh, I I maybe think at times people are resistant to change. I mean, there's some things I was relating to, things I was maybe pushing back on. But here's the thing. Those Theory X beliefs we just listed out about people lead to certain behaviors, right? They lead to the way that you lead and approach that team. So the output that Douglas McGregor talked about was that it's going gonna, it's gonna to lead to tighter control, stricter policies, using punishments and rewards. That's like your approach to management. Carrots and sticks. So the interesting thing about this is that he talks about this idea that force, which is kind of what I just read, right? Like stricter, tighter policies, carrots and sticks, right? Rewards and punishment. That force breeds counter forces. So kind of the cycle he talks about is that theory X beliefs we just talked about lead to these controlling practices which lead to employee resistance, which lead to poor results, which is what you and I as leaders are paid to do is get results. And then certainly those poor results, if we have these beliefs, are going to then maybe reinforce that and and certainly heighten our controlling or uh, practices to try and get that uh, better performance from our from our folks. Now, I don't know I don't know. like I, I don't know how many of you are are, agreeing with him on this or or maybe pushing back a little bit. But here's the interesting thing about this is that when it comes to, and I think the the, the principles I'm, that are coming to mind are rewards and punishments, right? We do a lot today in business on that reward punishment approach. We, we operate that way pretty heavily. And I think that you probably have seen it work and not work in your organization and in your career a few times and can relate to it personally yourself. Here's the thing is that Dan Pink, who is an author who's wrote a, written a book called Drive years ago uh, about this topic, really dives into do carrots and sticks actually drive performance of people in the workplace? And as you go and read through his summary of the research, the answer to that is essentially no. And he he talks about, and he has a TED Talk as well. You guys can go watch that. We'll, we'll link all this in our uh, on donerightpodcast.org on our episode page. But essentially what Dan talks about and summarizes in the research nicely is that what business does today and what science says are very different, right? What science knows and what business does are different. And and that's that's kind of a, a different topic here, but we're, we're really going to dig into uh, what actually does motivate people. And, and, and the thing that I just want to be clear on as we, as we kind of dig into this is that what he found is that when people are fairly compensated, right, they're, they're getting paid fairly for the work that they are doing, that's when that's when these rewards, these incentives, uh, actually backfire. They actually hurt performance. And guys, if this is a debate you want to get into, go jump on to the content we have uh, that Dan Pink has delivered. Lots of really fascinating stuff there. I don't want to harp on that today. What I really want to get to here is this: 
is that that approach, that approach of rewards and punishments is an extrinsic motivation paradigm that we're using. And it doesn't mean that it's like you should use it or you shouldn't, but just stick with me here. You've got to move from an extrinsic way of thinking about motivating your people to more of an intrinsic way of motivating your people. So let me get into the theory why beliefs, right, for for what managers believe about people and what what, what impact that can have. Okay, so theory why. This is interesting. The expenditure of physical and mental effort in work is as natural as play or rest. Right? Theory why managers believe that. Another belief. External control and the threat of punishment are not the only means for bringing about effort toward organizational objectives. Right? Theory why managers, they believe that people will exercise self-direction and self-control in the service of objectives to which he or she is committed. All right, let me jump to another one here. Commitment to objectives is a function of the rewards associated with their achievement, right? So we talked about rewards and carrots and sticks and how they don't quite work. But the thing is, is that every single person does things because there's a reward there or they're, they're going to do something to avoid some sort of punishment. You can think of it that way, right? Some sort of negative thing they're trying to avoid. But here, theory why managers believe, right, that commitment to objectives is a function of the rewards associated with their achievement. The most significant of such rewards is like the satisfaction of ego and self-actualization. This is getting into really like, you know, deep psychology, whatever terms. But the, the, the point is this, is that there can be a lot of personally fulfilling rewards that come with that effort and commitment to an organization's objectives and really, the, the lesson here is this, that pride matters more than money when we talk about that commitment to an organization and, and its goals. Money is not, not driving your commitment to a company and what they're trying to accomplish. You'll work for them. You'll put in time. You'll put in effort. You'll put in energy. But commitment is a different ballgame. Right. Commitment is when you really are applying yourself and doing your best work against those organizations, uh, organizations goals. So just a last belief here of of theory why managers is that uh, the capacity to exercise a relatively high degree of imagination. Ingenuity and creativity in the solution of an organizational problem is widely, not narrowly distributed in the population, basically meaning the wisdom is in the room. You have the people in the room that can solve for the organization's challenges, that can contribute to the organizational objectives. You just need to tap into it. And it's not just a select few. You really have a lot of people. And it's kind of this idea that Ray Dalio talks about of, of an idea meritocracy. But we'll, we'll, not go, we'll not go down that direction. But here's the punchline is that theory why leaders who have these very bullish beliefs in people about their intention and their ability and their motivation at work every day are doing this. 
They are arranging things so individuals can achieve their own goals and happily accomplish the organization's goals at the same time. Do you do that as a leader? How well do you do that as a leader today, do you think? And maybe you've never even had that sort of a mindset or approach to to make work matter at that level for your people. But the bottom line for you and I is that your mindset, the outlook that you have on the people around you, as Douglas McGregor taught us decades ago, is impacting what you do on a daily basis. The way that you plant, like the, the way that you develop strategy and innovation, the way that you plan, the way that you execute, the way that you communicate, every single thing that you do as a leader today is based on those beliefs. So even if you think about what we just reviewed and you're like, yeah, I know, obviously, Jordan, you're implying that I need to be a theory wise. So yeah, I, I, I believe that stuff. Here's the reality is that even if you agree with these beliefs about people and how they work or why they work, what motivates them to work, even if you agree with it and you have that intention of, of believing in people, this is the hard part is that you've got to check yourself on what your actual actions communicate. Because you can, in theory, believe these things, but in practice, you're not helping to really make work matter. The way that you, that you plan, execute, communicate, the way that you really approach leadership is not reflecting that intent, at least. So what I'm going to recommend for you is this. Go out today or tomorrow, and make work matter. You have got to connect your people and the work that they do to the organization and its goals. You've got to connect them, their strengths, to what the organization needs to solve. And essentially, you'll know that you are successful in doing this if you can get three yeses from your team members. One is that they know their role. They can answer the question, do I know my role? Get a, get a first yes. The second is, do I believe my role matters? Get a yes there. And third is, do I experience pride in my work? Okay, do they have that opportunity to experience pride? So today, go baseline yourself. Go baseline yourself and find out how good you are with your team members on those three questions. And then, Stick with us on this podcast because you're going to learn some great approaches to make work matter by the way that you plan, execute, measure work, by the way that you uh, you know, approach your team members and work with them and the culture that you're infusing. There's a lot of great things that can make work matter, but you've got to use as your kind of KPI here, pride in the way that you lead. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find more information about the topic and continue the conversation at donerightpodcast.org. The Dunright Podcast is hosted by me, Jordan Staples. The show is produced by Workfront. Our team includes Jeremy Tippetts and Mark Hansen. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It helps other people find us. See you next time. <laughs>